bro, I bought like a big ass diamond pinky ring. It was like a white gold during a white gold necklace, Cuban link with a big ass <laughs> diamond fucking cross. My hair was in cornrows, right? I had the fucking you had cornrows and JP. Yes. Yo, yes. I had the mustard leather jacket from fucking Delancey Street, you know, Tim, bro, bro, and the fucking du matching Durangos. You remember the Durangos? Oh like, my God. the Durango boots, right? So I was all in when I went there. And he pulled me aside and we were talking and he was like, nigga, let me tell you, you want to make it here, you need to learn, learn how to show up in some of these rooms. And I was like, what the fuck was that? And it was crazy. It was weird to me, right? So I was being authentically me when I got to that job. And then later that day, we went into a meeting and this guy who was talking to me like this motherfucker, this and that opened his mouth and he's like, hey, Todd built. Great to see you today. It was a perfect weekend this weekend. It was crazy. And I'm like in this meeting, like, am I in the fucking matrix? Like, <laughs> I was so lost, man. I was like, I was like at a loss of words. I was like, I know this isn't. I know right. this isn't the dude that I was just talking to. Like, the motherfucker's tone of voice was like three pitches higher. Dímelo, dímelo, dímelo. Mi gente, what's good? Welcome to another episode of the Quien Tu Eres podcast brought to you by Plural. You already know it's your boy Pavel bringing you another special episode with another very special guest. As a reminder, on this podcast, our mission is to redefine professionalism. So every week we have a new guest join us to share their experience around professionalism versus authenticity. Speaking of guests, the clip in the intro that you just heard was with this week's guest, Walter Gear. Before getting into the full conversation with Walter, let me give you a quick bio so you have more context going into the conversation. Currently, he's a chief experience design officer at VMLY and our health. For those of you that don't know, it's an advertising agency, and Walter is responsible for leading a team that helps create innovative design solutions for health clients. He's spoken at numerous panels, been honored with mad awards. One in particular, when he was honored in Adweek's 50 most important people in marketing, media, and tech, and he was also recognized by Savoy Magazine in their most influential black executives in corporate America list. To get Walter's full bio, be sure to check out the show notes for this episode. Now that you have a little bit more context into our guest and today's conversation, let's get into the episode. So let's kick it off where we always do with the word authenticity. Yeah. It's a buzzword, all the companies are saying, but when you hear the word, what does it mean to you? I mean, it's, it's real, man. It's, it's, it's Authenticity is, you know, when you were being real, when you were being you know, transparent, candid, right? When you are coming from a space that is genuine, right? And honest, and I'm gonna say humble too, right? Because like, you know, it takes all of those elements uh, to really kind of be in a moment when you're talking about authenticity, right? It's it's a tricky thing too, because I think that, let's be real, like a, a lot of people claim to be authentic, but truly are not, right? Yeah. So again, like leaning back into, I think transparency, which is which is crucial. Right, you could talk that talk and then completely be something else when you go someplace else. <laughs> yeah, and we'll get into that. Yeah, uh, was it easy for you to live in that definition where you were growing up? No, you know, I mean, that's a that's a good question. I think when we are younger, we kind of transform into whoever's around us in that moment, right? Because every every individual is about like you know wanting to feel accepted to some extent, right? And yeah. I think that in, you know we could go all 
in on you know code switching and whatnot but you know that's what like like code switching is the most unauthentic shit ever right <laughs> and 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 let's be honest like everyone has done it at some point in time you get pulled over you talk different you know you're in a big meeting with a client right you 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 you're you're you know you assimilate right and and so you know and part of that is all about acceptance which is i think is is super unauthentic right it's like because we again as a society yearn to feel accepted desired wanted included right and because of all of that man we we kind of fake the front sometimes so no you Fox. know it was you know i don't think it was until later in my career where i understood the 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 importance of authenticity right and in the benefit uh especially you know, mentally uh, to, 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 to being authentic. Well, you mentioned like the people around you and how that molds you. I mean, couldn't agree more. And I think part of that, part of those people around you are family, right? And you, you mentioned some things like you get pulled over and this is how to talk. I think about those lessons that our family teach us, but a lot of that you said accepted, I think it's like survival. Like they literally yeah. pass down survival skills based on how they stayed alive. You know what yeah. I mean? And, you know, often our family, they're, they're looking out for us, right? They want the best for us. And they tell us or give us certain expectations around, like, how we should behave, right? So you may want to be opinionated, but family may be like, yo, just shut up for now. Do your work kind of thing. Like, what sort of guidance do you think you received early on from family on, like, how to show up in the world? You know, half of my family is from Jamaica, you know? So, like, I think I had a, I grew up in a pretty strict environment. So it was like, pull your pants up. You know, talk this way. Don't talk that way. So it was, it was, it was wild. You know, Ooh, I would talk what way? What do you, what do you mean? Talk properly. You know, like I said, like my, you know, I grew up in a in a predominantly white area, suburb, upstate New York, called Miskiuna, right? And you know, I was there from like sixth grade to through my senior year in high school, and it was it was difficult and different. I'd say, you know, like I only had like ten friends that looked like me, right? And you know, I can I can genuinely see like a lot of people say like, oh, high school was the best years of my life. I can genuinely say that was not the case for me and not that I was miserable or fucking depressed or anything like that. But I just never felt like comfortable in my own skin. Like the only time I felt comfortable was when I was out like I ran track, like when I was out and, and competing and whatnot. That's when I felt in my element. So I think that, you know, for a while and being in the space that I was in, yeah, my my parents were fearful for, you know, you know, my, what, what I would become fearful for, you know, you know, ensuring that, you know, what I fearful for the fact, excuse me, apologize, that I would run into scenarios that would catch me off guard or in a bad space, right? Like I've had fucked up situations, man. Like, you know, I've had dogs sicked on me and my friends by, by police. I've, you know, I've been, you know, pushed against the hood of a car with my head and, you know, juice box in my fucking pocket and police asking me if fucking drugs is in an unopened juice box and, and, and you know, popped open and poured all over the fucking street to see like random shit. Right. So I think that my my family was most certainly, you know, afraid of, you know, any, you know, it's things that I might get caught up in. Right. So because of that, yeah, I mean, it was like talk this way, walk this way. You know, like your appearance was everything, how you spoke to people with respect and whatnot was everything. And to your point, you said earlier, yeah, I mean, it's like it puts you in this constant state of fear, 
right? And and when you grow up learning this when you're 7, 8, 9, 10, 13, 18 years old, this is something that is so ingrained in in you. Uh, and I also say too, like it's, I try not to even share some of that stuff with my daughter because I think that mm -hmm. it's unfair for her to believe from such a young age that she has an unfair starting point, that someone else who doesn't look like her has an advantage because what we're psychologically doing is setting setting an individual up to feel lesser than. Yeah. I mean, those experiences are, are, are vivid, are powerful. And there's often the idea of like, are we making up a story in our head around like these, these fears, these dangers, right? But here you are living them, right? So what anybody would do is try to assimilate, try to look a certain way so that they don't get stopped or get these sort of things. I mean, for example, like I remember my grandfather, he would literally wear a suit to go. I mean, he wore a suit like every day, but literally to go to his boy's house to get a drink, just yeah. like Fordham at a drink, like taking the train. And I was like, yo, why are you always doing that? I'm talking about top hat fedora with the yeah. feather on the side. And he was very in tuned about like people's perception. He was yeah. like, if I dress a certain way, people are, are just, they're just going to look past me. They aren't going to do certain things to me. Like, did you go through that sort of experience around like, damn, I'm, 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 I'm experiencing all these things. Like, how do I just like start to blend in? I think, yeah, absolutely. And I think a lot of that too happens like when we get in our places of employment, right? Yeah. Because again, like this, this preconditioning that like when you get in this place of employment, your thought is like, I mean, if I don't talk like them, I'm not going to feel like they're not going to allow me to feel as though I'm part of the team, right? <laughs> uh, if I speak a certain way, uh, they're going to feel intimidated or like, you know, I'm going to be the angry black guy in the meeting if I have a, a sense of opinion that is different than theirs. So absolutely, you know, we because of the way we are kind of brought up and, you know, speak politely and say this and do these things. I think that when we get in these environments, your first reaction is to uh, think about how do I make someone else who's sitting on the other side of me feel comfortable? Yeah, because that's yeah, what it's yeah. about. Like, how do I make like it's like when you get pulled over by a police officer, we're taught, you know, 10 and two on the steering wheels. Right. Why? Because I want to make him or her feel comfortable that I'm not going to do anything. So we get in the meeting now and it's I'm going to lower my voice. I'm not going to actually jump in on this topic. Why? Because I don't want them to think I'm rude or abrasive or loud because now I've become the angry black man. Right. So it's this constant state of how do I make someone else feel better other than thinking a little more inward and like, how do I make myself feel better? Right. And I think that when we come into those moments, man, we of, of understanding the power of being you, the power of being authentic, uh, you, you, you start to realize how limitless you, your opportunities become. Right. Because I think if you it's like a relationship, right? Like when you're in a relationship, you have to put yourself first in your relationship. Right? You put someone else first. It's like it's just not going to work like that. And it's not that you're being selfish. It says that at times you also have to protect who you are, what you represent and your feelings and, and, and mental state of mind. I, I love how even like you're describing your authenticity and like how much you were suppressing. And a lot of it, you started talking about like aesthetically, but now it's like a lot of personality traits. You know what I mean? Like yeah. just having an opinion, like something yeah. simple as that, that has nothing to do with how you look. And you're sort of like alluding to this moment of which we all have we reach this peak of like, I'm so tired of doing this. I'm going to start being more of myself, but it's different for everybody. Like when was that moment for you? Yeah. So, you know, when I worked at Viacom, I had this dude and I talk about a lot, this guy named Jason Witt, who's my boss. And 
this white dude would show up in like you know button downs with like opened up with like a white t-shirt on and like converse and the shit was like and he would curse in meetings and it was blowing my mind because i was like super <laughs> proper and appropriate and he's like dropping f-bombs in front of clients and like executive leadership and i'm like this guy's fucking crazy but <laughs> it's, it's crazy but uh but i it's funny because when we talk about like emulating someone else right like the guy was also one of these guys who could just sell ice to an Eskimo, like that dude, like the mm. definition. And so I saw I, I saw a lot of myself in him. I was like, man, like, I just, I want to be myself too. Like if this dude is showing up as himself and killing it. Like, why can't I do that too? So, you know, slowly I kind of started kind of moving my own ways. I, I like I was wearing wing tip, tip shoes and tucking my shirt into work. And <laughs> I, like, it's just crazy, man. Usually, if you Google and see some of my fucking profile headshots, shit is wild, man. <laughs> fucking blazer, button down and shit, like super cheesing. But um, but yeah, so like, yeah. Did, I, wait, I, in in that in that example though, like that that's important, right? Like you saw representation, but it's interesting. Like the person didn't necessarily look like you. Like, did no. you see anyone that looked like you doing the type of things that he was doing? No, no, no. no. So and, was that and, also like discouraging? Incur like, give me, yeah. What did that yeah. feel like? It's probably no, confusing. I mean, let me tell you, man, like I part of why I try to respond to every single person that reaches out to me on social, LinkedIn, Instagram, wherever, is because 99.9% .9 of the time when it was me on the other side trying to reach out to a black executive to ask for advice, to ask for help, to ask a quick question, hey, can you just answer this and tell me this? Um, I would never get a response, right? And that kind of hurt my feelings a bit, right? I'm like, damn, like, I'm just trying to come up and this motherfucker made it and can't even give me a sentence back. And, you know, maybe that's part of me being, you know, selfish or thinking inward because I also know that, like, leader executives, like, I'm my time, man. I'm, like, I'm working around the clock. I'm doing 70, 80 hours. I'm, like, working at night, too. So I know even though I don't have a lot of time, but I try to be as responsive as possible. But, um, you know my first encounters with some of the black executives was, was a little wild, right? Because even they were telling me that if you're going to make it, this is how you got to act. Like when I was at JP Morgan, it was like my second job out of college uh, up in Boston. You know, I met this, this guy who was maybe, I don't know if I was like 22, he might've been in this like mid, mid to late fifties. And I was super inspired when I saw him walk in the room. I was like, Oh, this is crazy. He introduced himself to me. And he was like talking like, regular normal like you and i are talking right now and then he you know but like i also like this was like my first real job after college where i was like i was making like sixty-seven thousand dollars. i thought i was fucking rich i bought like, killing I, me. I thought I, bro i bought like a big ass diamond pinky ring it was like a white gold during a white gold necklace cuban link with a big ass <laughs> diamond fucking cross my hair was in cornrows Right, I had the fucking. You had cornrows and JP. Yes, yo, yes. I had the mustard leather jacket from fucking Delancey Street. Yo, know, <laughs> Tim, bro, bro, and the fucking du matching Durangos. You remember the Durangos? Oh like, my god, the Durango boots, right? I was all in when I went there, and he pulled me aside and we were talking, and he was like, "Nigga, let me tell you, you want to make it here, you need to learn learn how to show up in some of these rooms." And I was like, "What the fuck was that?" It was crazy. It was weird to me. Right. So I was being authentically me when I got to that job. And then later that day, we went into a meeting 
and this guy who was talking to me like this and motherfucker this and that opened his mouth and he's like hey todd builds great to see you today it's the perfect weekend this weekend it was crazy and i'm like in this meeting like am i in the fucking matrix like, <laughs> i was so lost man i was like i was like at a loss of words it's like i know this isn't I know right. this isn't the dude that I was just talking to. Like the motherfucker's tone of voice was like three pitches higher, right? <laughs> yeah. And uh, it it threw me for a loop, man. And it it fucked with me so much that like I literally like in a week's time, I was wearing button downs and fucking khakis to work. Like it it threw me. So mm. I I like I was like wow. So in order to be a VP here, this is what I gotta do. Yeah. And maybe I'm coming at this wrong by just showing up as me. Like, I don't know. Like, I've not, like, I didn't talk about how I'm supposed to show up and what I'm supposed to wear at work. So it was a wild moment, man. But that, for me, was like a, a wild experience. And wait, so Viacom was first and then it was? Um... No, 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 no. This was this was like my second job. So I worked at this company called Transworld Entertainment. It's like a music. At the time, it was the largest music distributor in the world. All right. So I was working there for like six months, my very first job. JP Morgan came around and I got an opportunity and moved up to to uh, Boston for that role. So like I was at that time, I was being me, dressing me, doing me, right? And then I got a little money, got so it. I was acting a little ignorant. Got <laughs> it, got <laughs> it, got it. And, and then uh, you then you had the example at Viacom that was like it was like yeah. another one that was like, oh well, maybe I could go back to what I was doing. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's fascinating. I've also had that experience and it was a white with white dude too. So that's funny yeah. too. Like black dude first. And then the white dude was the one, you know, like, yo, no, it's, it's, you know, so it was weird. That was weird. Um, I've had some instances like that where, like, I, I literally went out with my boy who I was working with on the weekend. And then we get into work and it's Monday morning. So people are like, how was your weekend? And, like, I was, I was, like, I know what you did. I was with you during the weekend. Meanwhile, he's lying, talking about he did laundry all weekend and just, like, chill with family. I was like, I was, I was with you. Like, why are you lying? So I've had, I've had those instances. And, and it is confusing because, like you see somebody and my boy was like higher up than me and you see he's they're also like a blueprint for success so you're like if if i want to be them i have to be like them yeah yeah it's, a, it's but wild. but you, you you mentioned that you started you saw that example at viacom and then you started to show a little bit more of yourself like what was that first thing that you started doing that was like let me see what they think about it yeah i mean if you if uh, so it's it's hard because it was a gradual thing. I think. Yeah. I think the first thing was just being relaxing with my clothes. Right? It's funny. So if you look at my Instagram, if you scroll way back down my Instagram, you could see like I'm got like wingtip shoes, button downs, all this shit. And then it just like then it goes to like sneakers, right? Like mm -hmm. it's a it's a pretty drastic shift. So for me, it was like I just wanted to feel comfortable. So feeling comfortable meant dressing how I normally dress on the weekend, right? And so like you know I was I was doing that, and then I think you know gradually it's it's really funny because he and I worked together there for like a couple, two, two and a half years. Then we worked again after that, you know, we went over to MySpace together as a group, a bunch of people and worked there for like another two years, two and a half years. So like I sat with him for like four years, five years of my career and just watching him, how he moved in the rooms. I was, I was really emulating his pitch style. Cause that's, what's like, damn, this guy is like really selling the shit out of his ideas. And so he kind of taught me the art of, telling a story, the art of selling someone. And in the process of that, I just found myself just like adding bits and pieces of me over time and feeling comfortable with cursing and doing what I do. And, you know, just, I just learned, like I saw my level of success in my work 
was like my trajectory my work was it fucking it went straight to the roof and it was because i think when you're authentic and you're you when you're in these spaces you're not going to be shy or timid when you want to build in an idea you're not going to be shy or timid about the fact that hey like i need to fucking interject myself in this conversation and present my idea as well because my idea is really fucking good uh or being able to assess someone else's work and say you know it's it's not there yet but let me actually help you make it better right and so when you when you show up when you know how to show up when you show up as you you know what like the work and quality of what you output is can be tremendous but like when you're not being you you're spending so much time acting right as someone else that you can't it's hard to put your own best foot forward facts i often tell people it's a simple math equation like you got 100 percent of your time if you're dedicating 50 percent of it to being an actor then how can you be your best yeah. employee worker anything you know what i mean don't but, like, like even Denzel doesn't fucking do this shit. Like <laughs> act seven, 60 hours a week, bro. That's insane. That's oh insane. yeah. People putting in Oscar worthy time on code switching, bro. Facts. <laughs> Big know? facts. Uh how are you received though? Um, that's a good question, man. You know, I've always been in environments that are that are pretty chill, right? And environments where, you know, welcoming environments. I've never had any 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 real issues with anyone. I think that oftentimes people are taken aback, I think, you know, when they hear me talking like, oh my God, do you, like, I and you could see it in some of my posts too. People are like, oh, this was a, would have been a great post, but you didn't have to curse so much, black people and white people, right? <laughs> and like, and I'll have people like, well, why do you curse? Like, this is fucking me. If you don't like it, I apologize, right? And I say, even sometimes when I get in presentations or I'm on a panel, hey, look, I'm gonna drop a few F-bombs. I'm gonna say some shit that's gonna make people uncomfortable. If you don't appreciate it, I apologize in advance. Door's right there, you know? But but like, this is just me who I am. So like, of course, there's gonna be people, people that feel offended. Um, but like, I don't, I, don't, I don't ask that everybody love me. I'm not everybody's cup of tea, right? Tell me about a time where you think your authenticity was met with a little resistance or maybe maybe people uncomfortable i don't know i've had i've had weird incidents throughout my career man where most certainly like you know good enough good enough to present the i good enough to come up with the idea not good enough to be in the room you know what i mean it's like clearly that being a part of oh we're not sure how the client might want might perceive you in our room so explain to me how you present the idea so i can actually go and present it uh and do a half-assed job of it Right. So so like I've, I've most certainly had, you know, those times in my career, like I'm sure a lot of a lot of people of color have. But I can't I don't I don't know that I can isolate one particular uh, scenario, to be honest with you, man. But, you know, I've, I think that we all have, you know, you know, thoughts that, you know, when you're dismissed or not kind of, you know, brought into the circle that, you know, those are reasons why. And, and, and sometimes more obvious than others. Absolutely why but in those in those certain instances where it's like clearly have a good idea clearly it's worthy to present to clients but it, it it's a little i don't know disheartening for you to be like oh what well, wait wait i'm not presenting it wait, it's my idea oh yeah um like were there what do you think about your authenticity was was in question that would potentially make people uncomfortable yeah. the idea of like you presenting to clients yeah yeah so i actually i, I do now I, I do remember one incident actually now that just comes up so i remember it was my first time speaking in speaking at a conference. I'm not. We won't say which conference, but it was a conference in Vegas, and uh, right, if I can recall, it was like right before I went on stage. 
uh, this white woman who I worked with, who was uh, another VP of sales at the time, came up to me and she said, oh, oh, just want to give you a heads up. Our, our client is here. And I was like, all right, that's cool. She goes, <laughs> so, so do you think that, you know, maybe the way you talk, you could maybe tone it down a little bit? And I was like, what do you mean tone a little bit, tone it down a little bit? She's like, well, you know, the curse words and like some of the energy stuff. You know, just because they're a really big client and they're like sitting right here and like, you know, I just want to make sure this goes over well. And so, like, she said that to me when I was literally like 15 seconds from like walking on the stage. I had just been mic'd up and like, um, you know, they are queued me up and then like, a couple seconds later, they're like, oh, you know, welcome to the stage, da da da, whatever. And for like a split second, man, when I walked on the stage, I was like, how do I want to, like, how do I want to manage this? Right. Like, do I want to like fold? Do I get, you know, care of the client here? Do like, like, I, I didn't know. I was like, I was a very awkward kind of moment. Uh, and if I recall, the first thing I actually said to the audience was, how the fuck is everybody doing? <laughs> <laughs> so, 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 I mean, that was my opener. So you can, you can, you can guess how the remainder of the conversation went or the presentation went. But uh, yeah, I think that was, yeah, I mean, that was, wasn't super recent, but yeah, you know, definitely one memorable moment for sure. But do you think about it? So in that moment though, like we're, we're like, you probably got like a minute or two minutes to literally go from hearing that to walking on stage and thinking about what you're going to say. And I'm just thinking about the, the thoughts that are just going yeah. back and forth in your head around the fears, right? Like, all right, if I say what they don't want me to say, I don't know, like fear of getting retaliation, maybe getting fired, yeah. um, maybe not getting this opportunity again, like all these things, right? But then you're like, all right, but if I don't say it, I'm going to feel uncomfortable. It's throwing me off because I already knew what I want, like all these sort of things, right? Like talk to me about some of those fears that probably came yeah. to your mind. No, I think you hit them all, man. I mean, of course, like there are moments where, you know, there are moments when we we want to be authentic and want to be ourselves. And let's be honest, too, like it's easier for an executive or someone like myself to be authentic and say the things that I want, as opposed to someone who's been in a job for two years or three years. Right. I totally get that. And I want to acknowledge that because it's not an easy thing for someone who's just starting out or young. Right. Um, but, yeah, I think it was a lot of those thoughts, man. I mean, absolutely. Like, am I going to get in trouble? Like, is the client going to get pissed? Is the client going to fucking, you know, you know, stop doing business with us and in Really quickly, I kind of leaned in on like, why would the fucking client not do business with us because of because of a couple curse words or something I say, the way I present work, the work that I do is fucking dope, right? So like, mm. I know they will love it. So like at the moment, I mean, and also too like, <laughs> I don't even know that it was a minute. It was so quick. I mean, it happened yeah. so fast. The next thing I was on the stage that it just like my mind was just filled with a lot of shit. And then I just went with my gut, to be honest with you. But that... That's something I want to touch on as well, right? Like this idea of like individual contributor versus manager versus executive, whatever you want to call it. And you said it may be easier if you're an executive to kind of like make those calls because you got a resume to fall back on, right? But at the same time, I'd argue maybe it's a little bit more difficult because in many ways, executives are the face of the company. And I know companies be like, oh, everyone's the face of the company. Eh, not really. <laughs> like if you're an executive, like you're more in the press, you're more yeah. this and that, you know what I mean? So like, you don't, you don't think there is, is there more pressure as you move up or you think it's easier for you as you move up? No. So it's like, that's a really good question. I think that there's more pressure to not say dumb shit, right? <laughs> or, dumb do, shit. Uh, or do dumb shit, <laughs> right? Like Kanye type shit 
on Adidas type shit. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know where I'm going, right? So like, <laughs> yeah, you don't want to say dumb, dumb shit, right? But um, but I think that it gets easier. It gets easier to feel as though you can do the things you want, right? And 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 say the things you want in terms of like the work in terms like if I feel like dropping an F-bomb or not, like whatever. I think it's, there's just a, a little, there's a more, there's a more, uh, there's definitely just more comfort in thinking like, all right, I should be a little safer, right? But I think that also too, like we have to realize these 21, 22, 23 year olds that are coming into the work right now and into these fields are way different, man. So like different. They're, they're way different. And they're, I think that they're coming up in a time now where like, they really get what it means to be authentic. They really get like the fact that like when they talk about brands and what a brand means, like it's not just how dope your fucking product is. Like, are you really doing the work behind the scenes? And like, what? how are you showing up in culture in a relevant way? And like, how are you introducing yourself to, to people like me? And like, they care about that on a way that like we never did, right? Because we were so like, we had to, it was like we we're tiptoeing around a lot of that stuff, right? And kind of feeling yeah. things out. But they are like fucking bulldozers, right? Mm -hmm. Coming coming in. So I think we're gonna see a lot of change, man. It'll be interesting to see over the next, you know, years and decades and whatnot. But I think that the you know, look, why <laughs> white white folks are afraid of executives like me because of things that I have to say and whatnot, and or yourself as well from the things you you bring up in conversations of social, but like they're gonna be really scared of like the next generation because they really give two two fucks, right? And they're they fucking smart and they're growing yeah. up with technology in their fucking hands and like they're they're you know the impact I think that they're gonna make is gonna be way beyond what what we have made. I agree. It's it's wild. Um, and it's interesting like talking about like just dumb shit. Yeah. I think there's a, it, it kind of goes into that realm of like things that are taboo to talk about at work kind of thing. Right. Like I, I was on a podcast the other day and they were like, is it unprofessional to talk about politics? Right. And I was like, you know, the word politics is interesting. Cause like, there's so many things that I just think are just like human rights yeah. and social issues that I have an opinion on, but other people will consider politics and they tell me not to talk about it. Right. But again, like that stuff is 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 scary. But when you say things like Black Lives Matter, like I don't think that's like a political issue. Yeah. But unfortunately it is. But at the same time, there's people probably looking at you as like, well, like, can we just talk about advertising? Yeah. Can we can we like you're doing too much? You're you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think that, you know, it I mean again, comfort level. Right. I mean, I think people people probably expect it. Like, I'm not going to be in here like, so I fucking love what Trump had to say this weekend. Right. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of expected. Right. But uh, but look, you know, this is also this also backs down to like when you when you start to think about where you work. Right. Like you want to be in a place that's like representative of, of like who you are and what you do. Right. Like you want to be in a place that um, has similar, you know, point of views as you do. Like, I don't know, like I we I've talk political stuff all the time with my team and people I work with, but like people over here at VML or YNR, like super fucking chill, man. We have a, we have a good work environment. We have dope people here. And I think that, you know, people who seem to think the way I do, I mean, clearly like I've been here like almost three years now. And if, you know, they didn't, I'm sure I would have been fired by now. <laughs> so <laughs> shit that that on, online. Well, we often talk about these like fears, right? Yep. 
and we often think about like the worst case scenario when we start talking about whatever issues and things that we talk about right like tell tell me about some of the positive things that people have told you in in the way you show up you know what <clears throat> part of you know part of how i show up man is is not only just about me just being authentic but actually um you know leading by example yeah right and it's like in you know what i tell people all the time is that you know when i do a post to you know social media linkedin whatever like my intent is to create community in my thread right to create open dialogue and allow people to actually come in and feel open and welcome enough to have real discussions on real topics but i think that oftentimes many people are afraid to broach some of those topics themselves so you know part of what i'm doing is is almost like leading leading the leading the horse to the water type of thing right mm -hmm. but you know when i oftentimes when i give my my time to individuals because I, I try i probably mentor three four people a week you know i answer people all day long on social media and whatnot and like you know the most common thing i get is is a simple thank you man and i and and that like the time i've spent with them allowed them to learn a little bit more right and, and look again as i said earlier these are things that i've always wanted right like i would have always wanted the opportunity to sit and have a conversation with you know a, a dope black executive uh, to tell me about what they do and how they do it, right, or answer questions for me. Um, so that's that's most of the, most of the love I get, man. Is just you know appreciation for taking the time to help people. I've had people tell me that like you know I've made an impact on their careers and opportunities I've created for people by you know conversations with Gary V created like four black C-suite roles, you know that that, that and, you know I was able to meet a, you know one or two of those folks that kind of rolled in those positions and one you know thank me for that opportunity, you know so like. We gotta understand, man. Like a simple conversation costs me nothing, right? An introduction to somebody else, like, oh, there's this job. Can I, you know, I apply for this job? Yeah, cool. Hit me up. Here's my email address. Apply for the job. Tell me why you're good for the job. Give me your resume, and your portfolio. I'll just pass it to somebody else, a recruiter over here, and get you an interview. Like that cost me two minutes of my time, right? And I don't think that people understand enough that like it's the little things that can make a very big impact in someone's life, career, etc. Agree, and and it's kind of like coming full circle from. Like in many ways, I think you, I think you said this, but you're kind of becoming the person that you wish you had when you were younger. Mm -hmm. Is that fair? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All facts, all facts, all facts. I mean, it, it comes it comes with pros and cons, though, man. Too because like I get, I mean, I'm sure you do too. Right, the, the hate I get is fucking real. Mm -hmm. I got people like emailing my fucking leadership team, you know, with subject lines like "Walter Gears a racist, doesn't hire white people." Crazy shit, like crazy wow. shit, you know. Um, but you know. If if you're if if you got people doing wild shit like that, then that means that we must be saying that are doing the right things. So, yo, that that's very similar to what I often say when I ask people like, "How do you know you when you dream big enough?" Right? I used to think it's like when it scares us, but now I think it's when, like, you cause an emotional reaction yeah. in people, like that. Like I feel like that's a sign of like, I'm 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 pushing hard enough. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, we have to, you know, change has never happened for people of color. Change has never happened without a fight. It hasn't. Right. So, you know, sadly, what we happen to see, though, is these kind of climaxes and peaks and then these drop offs and climax and peaks and these drop offs with 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 moments in time and in history, you know, pandemic forced us to see a, you know that again in this massive climax and a mod and whatnot. And. I think we're coming down the other side of that hill where brands and people are like, fuck it, we're done now, on to the next. Yeah. I mean, it, that, that's that got to, 
<laughs> like here you are though reach you know level of success but that that's gotta be terrifying though like around yeah. the idea of like yo the executive team is getting emails saying x y and z about me like is there still the fear or are you just no living or no i mean there was at first i mean it's a shit man when you get a fucking call from your chief people officer on a fucking saturday that's like so we got this uh, email from a young lady and we're like what the fuck what do you mean like what <laughs> and then and then they go into like what it is and you're like fuck. i mean yeah at first it's 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 yeah it's nerve-wracking because then i'm because and i think it was because i was like damn is this is this are, are these people gonna ride with me on this shit like right like we right. had these conversations because i was clear when i before i started like one of the you know before we signed our agreement here and talking to john and, and everyone here and linda who's our head of recruitment i was like hey look like please <laughs> look through all my social media first, make sure that we are really good and everybody's really comfortable with the things that I say uh, because like this this is just who I, who I am, this is who you're getting. And they're like, no, no, no. I was like, no, 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 but please take a week, take a week <laughs> and, and dig through all of it, you know? Like, and, and uh, you know, we, when we came aboard, I think they, they understood what they, were, what they were getting, right? But there was always a little bit of, you know, hesitation on my behalf and like a little bit of like, oh shit, is this really? All right, we'll see. And then when that type of stuff hit and they were like, nah, we got you, it's good. You know, this is some some, some craziness. Don't worry about it. Like it definitely put me at ease for sure. It probably even helps you in your job. Cause like if it, if you weren't at ease, you weren't, you wouldn't be able to do the things you do as well. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Cause you have to worry about all those things in the back of your head. That's safety. Absolutely. absolutely. And then, and also too, like that, that it, it, to your point, like it comes through in the work, right? When you have these type of atmospheres uh, that, that people feel safe and comfortable in, like, you know, I got a campaign that's going to be coming out at the end of the summer. And I can't, I don't want to kind of talk about it yet, but like a pretty massive brand tackling a really fucking big issue uh, around black people in, in, in health. And I tell you, when we were, I was working with my creative team, you know, we strategy team, we had a, a, some black people and people of color on that strategy team. The creative team was literally all white, right? And um, dope creatives, but I was like, man, this is going to be, tricky because like we do have a, a good handful of black creatives here but they're at the time when we got this project none of them were available so we did you know first round of, of work came through and while i get that they cared about the work and they put their best foot forward it was like super light touch shit and i could very easily get to like all right they're really timid and afraid to tackle this topic so mid conversation i kind of just stopped and was like hey look let's let's go back to the drawing board let's come back in 24 hours and what i'm going to do is this i want you all to know that if you are like if you are doing this work and you don't feel uncomfortable then you're not doing a proper job at the work right if you are doing this work and and you understand this space you will know that like there are things that are going to be that are going to feel like you write it down on paper. It's like, I don't know if this is right. You're probably headed the right direction. And I want you to also know that when we have this next presentation tomorrow and you guys walk me through the work, I am giving you the freedom to say the things that you want, right? And understanding that you are going to stumble and make some mistakes. And that is okay because this is going to be a safe space. So you could say shit that you're uncertain about. I will correct you if that needs to be done. And cool, we keep it between us. And let me tell you, man, the next day, these motherfuckers showed up with like slam poetry. <laughs> like I'm like, God damn, this is the best work I've ever. This is the blackest shit I've ever seen in my life, man. <laughs> it was fucking dope. I mean, work that like when we presented to the client, 
brought the clients who were also very mixed group of individuals in terms of people of color, literally work that brought the client to tears, man. You know, so like, so again, creating those environments that are safe and making everyone feel welcome and be able to broach difficult topics and, you know, is, is huge, man. This is how you, this is how you win, man. And, and is that something that in, in your career early on, like you didn't feel that, that oh, safety no, to man. make mistakes and to be bold and all those things? Nah, definitely not, man. Definitely not. Because I think that, again, like you know, when you're young in your career, I think it's a lot about like, I just want to get it right. And then also too, like brands are taking that leap now where they understand that the people that they're trying to reach look like me and you, right? That is a multi-billion dollar stream of revenue, right? So they also understand that, excuse me, that they have to get it right when they go out and communicate and getting it right means you got to have people that look like me and you who are also onto the work, on the work, tied to the work. 10 years ago, six years ago, that wasn't the case. So when we saw some stuff where you're doing some work for a dope brand and like, yo, I got this really cool ass idea. I don't know if they're going to rock with it because only people that like me are going to get it and understand it. Then we back off. I, I'm, I'm also thinking about like, even when we talk about authenticity, like we even spoke about like your your individual journey and like how you show up but you have such an important role as does the industry on how we perceive professionalism how we perceive like people in general right like media has such an impact on just how we view people mm -hmm. and not, like not only are you able to have a hand in how we change the world and people's perceptions just individually like you're also helping millions of dollars get spent in a way that will potentially shift people's perception on various topics. Yeah. I mean, it's powerful. Huge. Yeah. Advertising can change the world, man. You yeah. have advertising and technology together, but advertising because it, the messaging that's going out is, is, is what inspires people to believe that they can be a certain thing, do a certain thing. You know, you look at, you know, what we've seen over the past four or five years now, and even with movies like black Panther, right? It's like, yeah. it's crazy that like our kids can see that and be like, this a superhero looks like me too. Superhero is, is a, is a black woman, right? James Bond was a black woman. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's, we're in a time now where I think that people are starting to get and understand that. And um, and this is why I always say it's so important that we actually get creatives of color who are in those positions to help make those decisions and help craft those stories. Yeah, no, that's beautiful. All right. Um, to wrap up, yep. you know, doing a lot of dope shit. And we spoke a little bit about the pressures that come with continuing to rise up the ranks. That said, like, you don't seem to be leaning towards your old ways. You don't seem to go going back to Aldo's buying pointy shoes and doing whatever you had to do to, to fit in. Yeah. I want to know why, like what inspires you to continue being your most authentic self in all these spaces? It's easy. It's easier. It's easier, you know, but also too, like, <clears throat> you know, I understand that, if I can create space and opportunity for the person behind me, then they will eventually create space and opportunity for my daughter who's eight now, right? So like everything I do is with my daughter in mind. Like how do I create or disrupt this space now as much as possible so that by the time she comes up, this is what it is that she wants to do. She's got a way easier opportunity and chance, right? So, I mean, that's at the end of the day what it's about. And I think that when we have, when we all have children 
you start to realize like what is really important is what's not right oftentimes you know you look at the advertising space and i say this all the time it's like success is defined by the last by the last business you won by your title by your you know the you know the last award you won by the fucking car that you you drive in the house that you sit in or the rolex on your arm or whatnot um when in actuality you get to a point you realize none of that fucking matters because you can't take any of that when you're gone. What it is like, what you leave behind. What's the legacy and opportunity you leave behind for others? And I think when you get to that point, you'll just you'll understand how important it is to actually you know reach back. Mi gente, that wraps up another episode of the Kinduetis podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard, please do us a favor: like, share, comment, leave a rating and review. The only way that we're going to redefine professionalism is by ensuring that these stories and experiences get heard by more people. Your engagement is going to help us do just that. Thank you. See you next time.